We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The Indiana Pacers. Reggie from the wing. Yeah! to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits! seconds to play. Seven. Here's a three by Oladipo. Oh, right. He hit it! Victor Oladipo from three-point range. 18.7 seconds left. Miller for three, and he got it. Reggie Miller with a clutch tray and a steal. Miller retreats to the three-point line. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace here with the president of the Jermaine O'Neal Fan Club, my man, Mike Focci. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, nothing much, you know, two and two. It's not what I uh, not what I hoped for, but it could always be a lot worse. And anytime you're tied with the Boston Celtics, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, and let's, let's bring in the insider and the coach, Tyler Smith, who was right on predictions last week. Tyler, what's going on, my man? Hey guys, I'm doing well. Uh, I must say though, the sky is absolutely falling. If you ask a lot of Pacer fans, <laughs> I think this team might be done winning games the rest of the year. They've already played four games, so we know exactly who they are. And I don't know what you guys think, but I'm thinking two and eighty is uh, very possible for this group. <laughs> yeah, the Pacers Twitter has been on fire recently, especially after a tough loss in Minnesota. You know what? Minnesota's got a lot of problems going on right now internally. But they have some really good basketball players on their team. Tyler, what happened in last night's loss? Well, I think so far, you know, we've seen a tale of two teams. We've seen uh, really good play at home and not so much on the road. Uh, in fact, the, the games at home, they've been kind of historic. They've had a historic night in the win over uh, Memphis with rebounding. And then they had a historic night shooting-wise over Brooklyn. 
on the road, uh, you know, it's really tough to go into a new building like Milwaukee and play that. And then, you know, as you said, Minnesota, even though they've had a lot going on, they got a good squad. So those are those are not easy games to win. You would have loved to, to take one of the two of those games, but it's not all that surprising to lose. But overall, how they looked uh, was a little bit more of a concern. Um, you know, I think at home when they had nine guys in double figures, they only had, I think, three in the loss uh, in Minnesota. And so... Um, just not as connected, not enough uh, ball movement, and then uh, not as good a defense either. Yeah, I really felt like last night the Pacers had a good chance to win that game in Minnesota. They were down, I think, one point at halftime. They might have actually been leading. I can't remember, but I know it was a one-point game. Then they just got bullied in the second half. Fachi, what in the world happened in that second half against the Timberwolves? And <laughs> basketball is always known as a game of runs, and unfortunately, to open up the fourth quarter, it was Minnesota that went on that run, and to make it even worse, it was Minnesota's reserves that was going on that run. You know, opening up with a 12 nothing, you know, run that just really got away from the Pacers. I mean, this is a game that they really were in. That that fourth quarter going into it was really tight, but it ended up being Derrick Rose and Josh Kogi that kind of played really well off the bench that in the end we just kind of disappeared and it was really upsetting seeing, you know, Vic just kind of fade away like that where Started out pretty hot, scoring 15 of his 20, but, man, we just we need to play four quarters of basketball, and yesterday we only played three. Yeah, five points for Oladipo in the second half yesterday is not what you want from your star player. You want your leaders out there, especially on the road, stepping up and bringing you back in games like that. It's tough. I mean, Minnesota, like we said, they've got a lot of stuff going on, but Jimmy Butler is you know, arguably a top 10, top 15 player in the league, and even if he does want out of Minnesota, he's still playing for them. And so I think, you know, that was a challenge for Oladipo last night. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns protecting the paint like he was. There was no easy drives for Oladipo to the basket. I mean, Minnesota with Coach Thibodeau, people can make fun of Tibbs all they want. He is a great defensive coach. And I just felt like in that second half, the Pacers got out, worked on the boards, and it just looked like Minnesota wanted that game more. And with Andrew Wiggins going out, Josh Okoge was huge for Minnesota last night. Tyler, how big of a difference was Okoji's three-point play that they got there in that fourth quarter to stop all the momentum the Pacers might have had on a comeback? Oh, it was huge. I mean, when you go into a game and, and you have certain things that you typically expect from the opponent, and then when somebody comes in lighting it up and bringing that kind of energy – which you see a lot more, you know, at home than on the road. But you got to be able to adjust. And and last night the Pacers just uh, they weren't able to match that intensity. And I think the the other loss the Pacers had this weekend was against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now the Milwaukee Bucks were opening up a new uh, arena. It was their home opener. I mean that is a tough place to go in and win a game, especially when you have a new offense. The young guys are excited about it. Chris Middleton was on fire from three. It felt like Giannis was doing whatever he wanted. I mean, that was going to be a tough game. That's why I predicted them to lose that game. I just, I really wanted them, the Pacers, to go in there just to show Milwaukee that they weren't afraid of that challenge. But it was a tough environment. I think we all expected that to be a tough game going into it. You know, Minnesota, like we said, was winnable. But there were some good things that we saw in that game against Brooklyn and against Memphis. So, Fachi, what did you see in the game against Memphis first off? Oh, man, the game against Memphis, the Pacers got every single thing they wanted, whether it was moving the ball around, 29 assists, always great to see. Anytime you can get up to that that 30 assist mark, it kind of reminds you of what the Warriors are doing when when they're clicking. But it wasn't just the offense. I mean, did they shoot 56% in the game? Yes, they did. But what was even more impressive was holding Memphis under 30%. When does that ever happen? 
I, I, I thought I just across the board, I loved everything I saw. It was great to see the new additions. You know, McDermott was just looked pretty good. He gave you 12 off the bench. Tyreek Evans, it looked exactly why you wanted to sign him, 14-6. and six. Just it, it seemed like that was the excitement you wanted to see on opening night. And a 27-point victory for the Pacers, one of their largest ever. I believe it was actually their largest opening night um, victory. And it, it was just exactly how I would want to start the season. And my main man, Sabonis, looking like a walking double-double. It, it was great to see the improvement there. What did you guys think? I want to ask you, how far does Sabonis have to go to get on Jermaine level? Ah, uh, I don't know. That's, that's an untouchable spot right now. The Mount Rushmore is pretty much just for Jermaine O'Neal's. He's got to get them cornrows first, right? Exactly. That's a start. Don't, we don't want to see Sabonis in cornrows. No, we do not. Well, Tyler, talk about that Nets win because that was a game the Pacers, you know, had a back-to-back on the road coming home from Milwaukee. They took care of the Nets, um, 132-112, to just looked dominant in that game. You know, Karis LeVert looked really good for the the Nets as well. And if people remember, the Pacers did trade uh, that pick of Karis LeVert for Thaddeus Young. So, I mean, that's another young guy that I think Pacer fans would love to have on the roster right now. But, I mean, as far as that win goes, what did we see in that game? Well, anytime you can you can win on a back to back, it's important, um, especially early in the year. You know, you don't want to give away any of those games. Brooklyn is going to be much improved. I don't know how much as far as uh, the standings will will go, but they play hard. They got some scores, um, but to have nine guys in double figures, I think it was the second time it's ever been done in franchise history, and the first time since like '83 or something like that. I mean, that's special. I don't care who you're playing. It's the NBA. It's a back to back. Um, having that, I mean, nine guys played over three minutes and nine guys had double figures. You just, you never see that. So the balance was uh, pretty impressive. With these four games, I think the biggest takeaway fans should really take from these four games is you beat the teams you should have beat and you lost two tough games against playoff teams. I know that it was the eighth seed and the seventh seed in their conferences, but with that being said, I mean, they're both really good teams. So it wasn't like the Pacers just went out there and lost to a team like Brooklyn or a team like Memphis, they took care of those teams and they took care of them pretty easily. So as far as um, the next segment we're going to move into, it's it's hot takes. So, Fachi, biggest hot take from this four-game uh, week that we just saw? Biggest hot take, man. I, I don't want to see that, that, this is, uh, that this is the Pacers slipping at all, but I, I do think if I'm going to hot take, we want to really be the team that fans are expecting – Corey Joseph might have to take over the starting point guard role. I, I think that he's he's shooting the ball lights out right now. We already know what he can bring defensively. And is it just me, or does Darren Collison look a little slow this year? It's a good segue to my hot take because I was going to – actually, my first hot take was this team is going to be completely fine, and that's actually a huge hot take on Twitter right now because uh, you get blasted. <laughs> You get blasted if you say they're going to be fine. But anyway, um, I was thinking about Darren, Darren Collison, um, which I, I see your point. And, and absolutely, if it were to continue for you know another handful of games, it's a, a change that they may want to look at. Um, I just think Collison's a guy that um, is going to prove people wrong again. And uh, he's off to a horrible start, seven points a game, 18% from three. Um, just doesn't look the same. Although, you know, I like what Tony East said on Twitter. He said, you know, he did not just forget to play basketball this summer. So I do think he's going to uh, get more efficient. He had a really, really good season last year, um, really under the radar. Um, and I, I, th- I just think 
You know, he, he's not a long-term guy. He's not going to be a top point guard. He's not even going to be as good as last year or maybe even close to it. But I do think, uh, I guess, for a hot take, he's going to uh, prove some people wrong here again pretty soon and, and pick it up. Fachi, I've got to ask you, since we're talking about your Jermaine O'Neal fan club, mm-hmm. are you a fan of Corey Joseph because he's got the new cornrows? Uh, you know what? I think that was the the hidden thing I was forgetting. That's got to be it. Well, then Aaron Holiday is the perfect backup. He's got the cornrows now, right? So future's bright. <laughs> maybe we need to get Oladipo, and maybe Miles can get some cornrows too. This would be awesome, man. Indy cornrows, shout out right there. But yeah, I think my hot take too was the point guard situation. Now we have talked a lot about Miles Turner and Domas Sabonis all off season long. You know, I've liked what I've seen from both of them. Still think that I'd like to see more from Miles Turner, but I don't want to harp too much on him yet. I think he's still trying to figure out what he's supposed to do in this offense, and I think that's a testament to everybody on Twitter getting into it with the offense just being a big part of the problem right now. And like you mentioned, Tyler, um, off the air, you know, McMillan's got more in his sets. So uh, eventually we'll see more come out from our offense, but it's going to take some time and it's not going to happen right away, but I think we need to get to get to some of those sets soon because this offense has been extremely stagnant. Tyler, what can they do to change some of their offensive, uh, their woes? Yeah, that's one hot take that I actually do agree with uh, that I've seen on Twitter. Um, a lot of people, a lot of fans talking about how stagnant the offense has looked, and especially on the road, and uh, I agree. You know, you don't want to turn into a team that's uh, Oladipo or bust like it was, you know, in a lot of the Paul George years. You know, you want to you want to spread it out like they looked at home, um, but you don't want to be predictable. And so far, um, they've looked kind of a Vogel-esque, uh, maybe one of his only downfalls, um, a little little too predictable on offense. They know what's coming, uh, look a little robotic. You know, got to mix it up, got to got to fix things here pretty soon. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. This offense is, is a work in progress, and I think last year it was a lot of Oladipo isolation stuff. And we saw how that came to backfire in the playoffs. That's why they went out and got a guy like Tyreek Evans to help take some of that pressure off. Now, looking at this team, though, I don't see any solid wing defenders outside of Victor Oladipo. I think Tyreek Evans is an okay defender. But with our wings, with Bojan and Doug McDermott, they're not defensive wing stoppers. Thaddeus Young is being asked to do a lot, especially guarding Giannis, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns seven foot, Thad Young six eight, six nine. That, that's a tough matchup for him. And, I mean, he's he's going to do all that he can because he's a scrapper and he's a fighter and he's the glue guy of the team. But he can't do it all by himself. And so if you're looking to upgrade this team, Tyreek Evans mm-hmm. can play the point guard. He played point guard in Sacramento when he was a rookie of the year. You can side Corey Joseph, like you said, Fodge, in that starting lineup. And there's teams out there that need point guards. And one of those teams right now that I think needs a point guard badly is Orlando. And they've got a player that I'd like to see on the Pacers just because of what he provides. And I think a 3-and-D kind of guy like Jonathan Simmons would be a huge addition off the bench. Fachi, what do you think about Jonathan Simmons for Darren Collison kind of deal? <laughs> hey, honestly, if we have an opportunity to move uh, Darren Collison for a guy like Jonathan Simmons, I'm all in for it. You always love someone who's been coached by Pop. I think that you have that pedigree. It's just kind of that championship kind of mentality instilled in you. And <laughs> It's no surprise, but we are lacking that real strong 3 and D small forward. Uh, a guy like Glenn Robinson, who we love for his defense in the past, Jonathan Simmons, in my mind, is twice the player. I think that we're going to know the shortcomings of McDermott, and we're going to know the shortcomings of, of Boyan. It is what it is, great three-point shooters, but 
when it comes to making a serious run in the East, a guy like Simmons is someone that you want. And I think that we might have the luxury to give up a guy like Collison. And we all know just how appealing that contract is to teams. I'm all for it. Yeah, Tyler, what do you think about that? <clears throat> yeah, I could see a possibility of that coming up. Um, I think it'll be a little a little while before um, trade talk comes up. Um, if I were guessing, I would still bet that Collison and Joseph will will finish the year with the team, although um, it is very possible. And we got a couple guys that are maybe not ready yet. Uh, Holiday Sumner, you know, it's whether you see them as a point guard fit or not, they're also guys where if you even get one of the two, uh, maybe they come and get some playing time and um, can be able to hold the four down as a third point guard or even backup, then maybe it's even more possible to make a deal. But I'd say maybe like a Collison for like a Kawhi Leonard or somebody like that that, uh, <laughs> that really stabilize the uh, the squad. Um, that's a that's a Twitter uh, Twitter trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great <laughs> trade. I, I think the Raptors really improve with that backup point guard. You know, uh, Fred Van Vliet with Darren Collison on the backcourt. That'd be nice, you know. Uh, but before we move on to our predictions for next week and talk about next week's games, I do want to recap one thing that I think we missed, and that was Kylo Quinn. Uh, Kylo Quinn came in Saturday for Domas Bonus, who had the sore knee, and 16 points, 8 rebounds, and was the player of the game on setting the pace on Twitter. So what did you guys think of Dr. Kylo Quinn's uh, performance in that game against the Nets? Fachi? He's a manimal, an absolute beast. Just like Kyle you. Quinn, oh yeah, I wish. <laughs> Kylo Quinn's per is through the roof. No matter if it's if it's five minutes, if it's <clears> ten <throat> minutes, that guy is giving you quality minutes. It seemed like he just pretty much snatched up just about every rebound and was just always cleaning up, cleaning it up and put it in. Uh, he's he's a guy that you you want to get more for. You just don't know where it, those minutes are going to come from. There was a certain situation where Sabonis was out, so. It worked out perfectly, but man, Kylo Quinn, what just a guy who's ready to sacrifice anything and give you quality minutes whenever he gets a chance. You think he's going to be part of the rotation regularly now, Tyler? I don't think every game, and and he, you know, when he was signed, he, you know, Kevin Pritchard told him he's not going to play every single day. He could work his way in for more minutes. You know, he may have a side deal with Miles Turner where he's like, hey, keep getting two fouls in the first four minutes every game, and <laughs> I can for sure get in there. Um, but I, I, he's going to be important. I, I, I figured, you know, when they signed him that he would be important on a lot of nights. Um, and also, he's just a really good fit. And, I mean, his his interview was awesome. Um, talked about, it's like, man, you, you got to – you don't understand until you have the Pacer uniform on playing in this building. And so that's uh, – that's a big deal. Indiana fans love their basketball and love their uh, hustle players and love their beards as well. So, I mean, this guy's he's a great fit. Yeah, and speaking of beards, you guys are killing the beard game right now. Uh, looking at these two gentlemen on Skype, and I've got a clean face, baby face, and we've got the beautiful red beard from Fachi and the nice thick brown beard from Tyler. So, you know, November, no shave November. It's coming up, guys, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, let's move on. Going forward, tomorrow night, Indiana Pacers, San Antonio Spurs. Last year, the Pacers had a huge win in Bankers Life Fieldhouse over the Spurs. But then they had a nice win on the road against San Antonio. So they went 2-0 against San Antonio like the first time in like maybe ever. I can't remember the last time they beat them both at home and on the road. And San Antonio has been such uh, a staple of the NBA, just a fundamental team. And now they look a little different. 
DeMar DeRozan's there, no Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, no Tony Parker, no Manu Ginobili. I mean, this is a totally different team. They went to the wire last night, beat the Spur or beat the Lakers in overtime, and they also beat Minnesota by four on opening night. They did lose to Portland, but Fachi, what have you seen so far from the Spurs, and what are you thinking about tomorrow night's game? You're just wondering, when is it ever going to end? It just seems like the Spurs, no matter who leaves, they're always a fixture in the West to be a good team. Uh, I think that DeMar DeRozan has, has been a perfect fit. Uh, as you touched on, we did go 2-0 and against him last year. It was awesome. But Kawhi, you got to remember, he didn't play in those games. So I, I think that the fact that we're going on the road, it really stinks to, to kind of be looking at 0-3 on the road, but this is going to be a really tough game. I think it would say a lot. It would teach us a lot about the Pacers if we can go on the road and take one from San Antonio. Unfortunately, my gut says that the Spurs take this one. I would love to be wrong, though. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, this is uh, the toughest one of the first uh, five uh, to predict for me. I was feeling pretty confident about my picks in the first four, but this one – you know, when you have a, a team that struggled on the road, you know how hungry the Pacers are going to be for a win. Um, and it is hard to see them starting 0-3, like you said, on the road. But at the same time, the Spurs have been so historically good at home. 33-8 um, and last year, of course, one of those was Indiana. Um, but, you know, it's – can I say they're going to tie? That's I mean, that's <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, I'm leaning Spurs, um, I think – you know, even if the Pacers start two and three and zero and three on the road, I still think they got a shot to win fifty plus games. So it's not doom or gloom if they if they were to lose in San Antonio. But I think uh, the Pacers are going to have a good effort. They're going to come out swinging. They got a shot, but I'm going to lean a little bit towards the Spurs. Are we concerned at all about the Spurs? Well, not not concerned, but I mean, should we be optimistic about? How many points the Spurs have given up so far throughout their first three games? I mean, they're known to be a defensive team, but last night they gave up 142 points to the Lakers, 121 to Portland, and then 108 to Minnesota. So this is a team that really is not putting the clamps down defensively. Is that a positive sign for the Pacers, Tyler? I think so. I was noticing that as well when I was checking out their schedule earlier today. Um, it's just it's another reason it's hard to predict is there's such a new new group over there. Um, you know, it's it's the Spurs and it's Popovich and they're at home. It's going to be tough, but I do think Pacers will be able to put up some points and hopefully, you know, we haven't seen a close game yet, so who knows, uh, uh, you know, who's going to close out games and, and have that feeling of what's going to happen late. I think we could get our first uh, game that's really, really down to the wire in San Antonio, but we'll see. Is it just me or is the scoring through the roof this year? I have seen numerous teams scoring 140 i mean it wasn't even just the lakers and the spurs of their night i mean even the Mavs are scoring 140 it's it's crazy the fact that the pacers only gave up 101 to minnesota and we lost by 10 i mean it's you try and find a positive in a rough situation but uh 91 points is never going to cut it for us so <laughs> not anymore yeah. 140 it's pretty scary yeah. yeah, when we had Jermaine O'Neal, when we had Jermaine O'Neal, <laughs> there was first some team, defense. First team to eighty would win that game. Oh yeah, that is not the case anymore. You got to get to eighty by the end of third quarter now. <laughs> Maybe even halftime if you're the Utah Jazz, and they still came up short against the Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how about that Jonas Derebko revenge game? That was pretty sweet, wasn't it? <laughs> but but let's move on to game number two. So 
You guys both have the Pacers losing to the Spurs. I'll go. I'll be. I'll be the one that is different, and I'll say the Pacers beat the Spurs in a very close game. I think Oladipo has a nice bounce back game. Uh, let's go to game number two of this coming week. We got the Cavaliers on Saturday at seven thirty. So a nice couple of days off there for the Pacers on the road. I think they'll probably come back home since it's so close to Cleveland, be able to sleep in their own beds, which would be a good thing instead of staying in a hotel room. And they've got the Cavaliers on this three game road trip. Cavaliers zero three right now. They are who we thought they were without LeBron James. They're just not a good basketball team. Pacers should win this one. And I think they did play their preseason, but they should still have those demons from last year where they felt like they just should have won that series. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to be ready to prove a point. Fachi, what are your thoughts on this Cavaliers game? All I can say is the king can't save you now. It, it, it's it's our time. I know we took the regular season 3-1 to one against them last year. Sure, they got us when it mattered most, but... Man, the Cavs are giving up roughly about 125 points per game. Uh, This is the road win that we get. Uh, I strongly believe that this is uh, the road coming out party for the Pacers where um, I'm thinking it's looking a little bit more like that Brooklyn Nets game. Not like the Memphis game, but I'm thinking the Pacers win and they win by roughly 10 points. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there. I think uh, now the Cavs play the Nets and the Pistons before they play Indiana. I really hope that they win one of those uh, because you know the Pacers don't want to face an 0-5 team in their own building. You know, even more desperate for a win. Um, I do think, even though they're not a good team, I think Cavs will probably sneak up on some teams this year, get some sneaky wins in their building, especially you know teams going in thinking no LeBron, no problem. You know, then they end up with a loss. But so Pacers will need to be ready. I think. Whether they beat San Antonio or not, this is a game that Pacers need to get, and I think they will get it. Awesome, awesome. So I think we all have a clean sweep there against the Cavaliers. I think that one was pretty predictable for everybody. Now the tough game that I think for this week is the Pacers come back home and they face uh, Portland Trail Blazers on Monday night, uh, October 29th, right before Halloween. So, you know, this should be a, a fun game. It's always It always seems like we play Portland in fun, close matchups, but... Portland had our number last year, and they didn't change much of their backcourt, and I think that could be a big problem for the Pacers. So this is the game I think the Pacers do lose this week. I know it's at home. I know that we don't like seeing the Pacers lose at home, but I do think Portland presents problems for the Pacers that they might not be able to stop. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, it's another tough one. Uh, you know, with the Pacers' problems uh, guarding the three at times, that's going to have to be, um, you know, it's, it's tough with Portland. Those guys can can shoot and uh as you said though you know those holiday type uh, atmospheres uh in the building banker's life um it's really difficult for me to pick against a team that's been so good at home so i am uh i'm a little nervous about it but i'm going to take in the end on monday night i'm glad that they get sunday off uh, i think it's going to be high scoring highly entertaining uh wire to wire maybe uh i might may even say that it's the first game that oladipo gives us the this is my city sign how about that uh, how about that prediction Fachi, how are you going to follow that up? <clears throat> oh, it's tough to follow up, but the best part is, is I agree with it because I think that this is the game that the Pacers take over a playoff team where, you know, they Portland, hey, they, they look good. They're another team, as I mentioned before, one of those teams is averaging about 125 points per game. It just lost a nail-biter to, to the Wizards by one. Uh, great wins over the Spurs and the Lakers, but I think that this is just the game that we take. Last year, they got us. 2 nothing in the series, but uh, coming back home, I'm, I'm feeling confident in this one. I don't want to just pick the Pacers in every home game, 
but I feel good about this one. Well, it's hard not to pick them in every home game because I think I think they said it on Fox Sports Indiana the first night. I think it's twenty nine season actually now instead of twenty seven. Yep, yep it is twenty. Yeah, we said twenty seven last week, I think, but it's it's actually twenty nine season, so that's pretty impressive. It's hard to pick against the Pacers at home. So, uh, just to kind of wrap these things up, any final words from me, Tyler? Well, uh, I'm surprised nobody's mentioned my uh, Oladipo tweet yet. I don't know if you guys saw. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, I asked him a question after Saturday's win, and for some reason, I know we're we're trying to keep this PG, but he was uh, pinching his nipple as he was uh, <laughs> as he was answering, and uh, my phone has been blowing up. Uh, you know, when I asked him the question, I I was just looking at, at you know in the eyes and and listening to him, but then everybody's like, "What is he doing with his nipple?" And I was like, "I don't know if this is a after game. I've never seen him do it Who's in a couple chasing, years maybe. here." Maybe, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, you know that was after a big win, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. See if he does it after wins. <laughs> yeah, Fachi, you better keep an eye on that. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I was about to tweet you, but I was like, if I say something about this in a tweet, like people are gonna think I'm weird. So that's why I didn't say anything. I was about to quote tweet it and be like, yeah, uh, what is Victor doing with his nips? But uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it is weird. So that's why I refrained and I just admitted that I didn't tweet it. So hey. <laughs> Power to me, willpower, no tweets. <laughs> Fachi, any hot takes for me before we get off here? No hot takes, but guys, can we just get in the gym and knock down some free throws already? Come on. <laughs> hey, break it dead last in, in the NBA right now at this point. Luckily, it hasn't hurt us like it hurt the Lakers with LeBron missing two at the end. Didn't mean to take another stab at him. But at the same point, let's, let's control what we can control, and that's free throws. I think the Pacers will be... Uh, better uh, moving forward at free throws awesome awesome well guys don't panic it's only four games into the season make sure you check out our show weekly um, on upandunder.net we are still in the process of getting this on itunes that is submitted but we have not got feedback yet so hopefully by the time wrong this website. is uploaded huh <laughs> you said up and under wrong website uh-huh you did upandunder.net yeah that's my website oh i thought okay that's all right. That's I, all right. All right. My bad. You're I good. thought you were gonna do. I thought you were gonna do the uh, setting the paces Twitter, and then I no. thought you were using your other one. So my fault. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. We'll keep this I, in I here got... too, just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but that no, works. no, no. So yeah, the the website is upandunder.net. That's where setting the pace <laughs> is actually from. Uh, that's where we do that at. And you can follow us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can follow Tyler, the insider and the coach, at Tyler Smith. ISLs are on underscore in there. Yeah, after the Smith. Yeah, so Tyler Smith underscore ISL. You can follow Fachi on Twitter at underscore Fachi. That's F-A-C-C-I. And you can follow me at Alex Golden NBA. And for us from Setting the Pace, that's it. So we hope you all have a great week and go Pacers. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.